0: Hello everyone and welcome back to the island. I'm really happy to say that going forward, this Deserted Island Ads will continue as a series. Maybe a bit irregular, but we're going to have special guests on to talk about all the things we like in gaming from time to time. So this is a special episode. It was a lot of fun. You may not have heard of him, but you may have seen him on local TV access in Carbondale when he was representing his high school quiz bowl team. But by the time this episode, you will have been introduced to our good buddy Paul. We talked monster gaming we talked all kinds of trains and 18xx gaming and we answered the question of which game is better victory games the civil war or mark simonich's grand masterpiece the u.s civil war we of course did the hot seat and wrapped up with a lively hearty conversation about train simulators it's pretty fun we're all over the place but i really think you'll like this one kick back and enjoy it Couple things. One, happy holidays if you're listening over the holidays to you, your family, your loved ones. Thank you for making this a great year. Two, I do apologize. There are some audio issues on my end with some crackling that I wasn't able to edit and post. So, again, my apologies. I hope you bear through it. Enjoy this one. Sit back. Happy holidays, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the island. My family has settled into a new routine. It appears, but it, I am, uh, I am still here. It's the holiday season for many of us. That means family time, and that means needing a break from the in-laws. So here we are, hopefully providing you that much-needed break. Had some great guests wash ashore. Oh, my gosh. Had some great (laughs) guests wash ashore. But I see someone new washing ashore, and it seems like they're floating in, riding the Stanley Cup replica. They've been called (laughs) one of the greatest hockey minds of the 21st century, Paul Shorefied. Paul? Paul?
1: Great to be here. I would yeah. rather welcome, be stranded the... nowhere
0: else. What's that? I would rather be stranded nowhere else. Well, good. You're joining good company. You know, <laughs> I, really I know you know Jason and Art, so you should fit in just well. That's right. That's right. Well, good. Uh, thanks, for, thanks for taking the time to do this. No, I'm excited. Busy, busy holiday weekend. And I think, uh, you know, there's no... And this this isn't to, like, put you down in any way, but there's no, like, uh, I think it's been a while since you've updated your Board Game Geek blog. <laughs> <laughs> You'll be
1: happy to know. So I, I had this goal in, like, 2020 or something of doing it monthly, and I still have a recurring Google Calendar monthly reminder that <laughs> just blows past every month. So <laughs> Friday nine away. 9 to 9.30 is dedicated to updating my blog on Board Game Geek and... I really feel bad for like five seconds. And then I lose that sucker till the next month. <laughs> but still that's
0: a, when I had art on the show, like I don't think he's put a YouTube video out in months. I mean, I guess he did have <laughs> a flood and like, that's kind of explainable, but it's fine. You know, I think I've really created the perfect
1: amount of online content for myself right now. And I'm just, <laughs> just you know,
0: Sometimes well,
1: you just quit when you're ahead, when you're gambling and, and maybe that's what I need to do with the old blog. Just, you know, it's perfect
0: i don't even have a follow-up to that i just like i was like man i need something to plug for paul and then at one point I was like, oh yeah there's, he used really, to nothing. there's really nothing <laughs> no no that's not true because my some of my best gaming experiences are are with that's you true. paul that's true um but long story history why don't you just take a second and uh, introduce yourself and and I guess share whatever you want to share about yourself, what are your gaming interests and, and tastes. Sure. I, I know you're a war gamer, you're a gamer, but yeah, tell us about yourself. Sure. So
1: I kind of got into board gaming in like 2015 or 2016. Um, and I bought 1830. So I, I can't remember actually how I, I heard about 18xx games, but I I worked at a financial firm and I I liked the idea of this like stock trading game. So I bought 1830 and I spent like a considerable amount of effort dragooning people into playing it with me. And and it was pretty miserable. Um, And then I actually, a former coworker of mine, we played a game. I can't actually remember the name of it, but did you ever use the like Java program that was like on your computer for playing 1830?
0: Oh, no. No way. I think it's called
1: Rails. I can't remember. But this was, like, before any of the online stuff. Sure. it was this, like, program, and you it was, like, Vassal, kind of. Like, you would you would do a turn and then send a log file to somebody. Um, so we, I actually played 1830 with them. And I remember our first game, it was, like, the private auction, and I didn't understand how it worked. And I, like, was, like, kept bidding up one company, and then this one guy who actually understood it, like, bought every private at face value, basically, from the rest of us. We were, like, holy shit. Like... <laughs> 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 we don't know how to play this game um and so I, I played uh train games for a while and then a train gamer turned me on to the advanced after combat podcast because i had like some war game interests, but I, I i didn't know any war games or anything and so i listened to that really enjoyed it got into the war gaming side and then i kind of went heavier in that but I still, I still like train games from time to time. So I kind of, I, I still have my feet in both camps, but I'm probably more on the war gamer side at this point.
0: Sure. So I just have to clarify here: was 1830 your first like?
1: It, it was. So I, I mean, I played like in college. We played Settlers of Catan. Oh, okay. And I had played. Um, I didn't really have any like crazy stuff. We had Star Wars, a Star Wars themed Monopoly when I was a kid. Like, like I played board games. I um I played Carcassonne I think before, um and then I owned eighteen thirty. I bought the ASL starter kit and did nothing with it. I had like (laughs) some really random stuff that I bought when I started getting into board gaming because I think like I had no no one to like talk to about it. So I was just like browsing board game geek and I was like, oh whatever, this seems interesting, and I would I would buy it. And we actually have a pretty good um game store in houston um which is where i live and um and they had a copy of the of 1830 there and they have like some mmp stuff they have some columbia like so they have some like you know nothing like super obscure but they have a lot of like kind of old um lords of the sierra madre i saw that there one time i don't know where they get it but they have some weird they have some weird stuff
0: could you imagine if that was your origin story like hey what's your first hobby board game purchase and you're just like Francis Tresham's 1830
1: (laughs) (laughs) no it's uh close to that but not quite not quite and so but that was you know I think at least in Houston I'm trying since we moved there that was like the all the first face-to-face game I think I played was that that those poor people playing 1830 with me nobody knew what to do Dang
0: that! Well, I mean, still, <laughs> still a great origin story. And I guess we, you know, we should plug. You know, if we talk about your blog, you are a two-time co-host of Advance After Combat. That's right. And That's right. Your very first episode is is the stuff of legend. You rented in a hotel room to, to, record, <laughs> to record a special guest. I did. It's all been my my podcasting career, like
1: my blogging career, has has all gone downhill. Obviously, but. <laughs>
0: Well, obviously you're here. Thanks, Bob.
1: <laughs> I, no, I'm uh, I'm recording this one from uh, downstairs bedroom at in my in-laws' house where we're house sitting this week.
0: I do hear some uh, ice clinking around. What are you? What are you yeah, doing? Yeah, well, today?
1: so I my my in-laws are not they're not like teetotalers, but I I did not expect to find anything here. But there is a ageless bottle of Black Label that I found in the pantry. And oh, so I'm that bad boy. Nice. Very good. I actually haven't had Black Label in a long time. It's it's pretty good.
0: Well, let's kick off the, uh, I guess, the theme of the show. And I'll throw you a softball first. Um, and I didn't prep you for this one. But, like, if you washed ashore with, with one bottle of booze, what would it be? Uh,
1: um, one bottle of booze. I, I would say, so, like, this is, like, a cheesy answer. And I think... Uh, I really like, so I have had Blue Label like two or three times in my life and right. I really like it every time I have it. And I know it's overpriced and I know it's like a stereotypical like expensive alcohol answer, but like I really, I really enjoyed it the like couple times I've had it. And if somebody else had bought a giant bottle of it and I could wash a short with it, that would be perfect. I, I can never like stomach paying for it because there's always stuff I like that's cheaper and I don't like it enough more, but, right. but it's like a solid like... If I'm going to get a gift from somebody and they're going to spend a lot of money, I would love that to be the gift.
0: <laughs> Fair enough. Okay, good choice. Uh, what about games? So you wash ashore, and you're presented with you can wash ashore with. Uh, I gave you. I know you're not much of an RPG player, but so we'll start with <laughs> the easy one first. Let's start uh, what? What RPG are you washing ashore with?
1: All right. So I've played a couple of RPGs. I've I've, I've tried a couple in my recent incarnation. uh, of board gaming, and I, I like it okay, I'm just terrible, I'm terrible <laughs> at RPG, like, I, I, uh, I basically just try to do what I would do in that situation, and I'm not, like, an interesting person in real life, and so my RPG characters always end up being not super interesting, but I'll, I'll go with, um, I don't actually know the name of it, but when I was in high school, the longest I ever played an RPG was, um, there was a Star Wars RPG that came out probably in, like, 2000, like like, whenever Phantom Menace came out. Hmm. um and it was like d20 so it's like it was like dungeons and dragons i think basically like you had the strength and dexterity you know whatever those like six skills or whatever they're called right sure um and it was the same and you had like class so it, it was like basically like dungeons and dragons ripped off for um star wars i think it was like wizards of the coast maybe on the star wars ip at that point but we played that uh with some friends for a few months so that was like my most uh long running rpg experience probably so I'll, that's what i'll go with is the unnamed star wars d20 rpg system
0: <laughs> nice <laughs> what 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 did you play as do you remember
1: uh so i was sort of like a disaffected um i think like imperial so this is like we were playing it in like post return of the jedi um, okay and so I was like a like disillusioned, former Imperial, like kind of just like washed up, drunk dude. And so I was like uh, kind of rogue-ish. Um, I, I, I was like a blaster pistol kind of guy. I really didn't want to be a Jedi. I uh-huh. think you could be a Jedi in that, um, and I really didn't want to do it. And I, so I was like a blaster pistol intelligence type person.
0: Nice. and just sort of
1: like trying to bring the party down as much as i could because we had a lot of very very earnest people in that group and i felt like somebody had to counter that (laughs) counter that energy
0: This is way too happy around here (laughs) yeah Yeah. all right before the before the uh black label kicks in and we get to the real meaty conversation let's get the one that (laughs) Most people probably, I don't know, maybe they want to hear about it, maybe not. But uh, you're you're in a similar boat as me. You have two young kids. Um, yes. Have you had any success? And, and if so, what what extent introducing games to the kids? Uh,
1: I have had mixed success. So my kids actually love playing Candyland, which is not fun at all for me. <laughs> but I, I feel like duty bound to play it with them. So I play a lot of Candyland. Um, I've pushed various games um with my son more than my daughter just because he's a my son's seven and my daughter's five so I I've like he tends to get the brunt of it just because he's older and I, I mm-hmm. think he can do more stuff. Um we did the Hollandspiel game Bits creek Have you seen that one? Yeah yeah so but, we played uh, that and he actually liked that one. Um because like he could kind of understand the rules. It's like kind of like a roll to hit and then you have like a strength on your tank and you can move and then your tank is used and you can kind of use a turn to flip them all over. So there's like a little bit of strategy where it's like, you know, do I want to use all my tanks before I flip them? Or do I want to keep flipping over my tank that's close to you and shoot at you? And so he, he liked that. Um, we played the, I'm trying to think of like the most, we did the, when he was little, we did the HABA games. Uh, sure. And I think the one that we got the most mileage out of there was the Animal Upon Animal, which is like a stacking game. And it was actually pretty fun. Um, We played that a lot. And the Rhino, have you seen Rhino Hero? Do you know what I'm talking about? Sure. That's
0: another stacking game, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So those two, we played a lot of. And then now, um, I tried Commands and Colors, Napoleonics with him once. And he liked it, but it was like a little too long. You know, he was getting tired of it at the end, but he liked it initially where it's like moving around and shooting. And he also really likes Pokemon cards. So I bought, there's like a starter box of Pokemon cards you can get for like 20 bucks. And I think it has like three decks in it. Um, and we've played that a few times and he really likes it. Um, so, so I'm hoping to keep that going, but I, I I've like, I found if I can kind of like tease it and then he actually asks to do it, it's better than if he feels like I'm making him do it. Sure. <laughs> Which I think yeah. was kind of my problem earlier on. So I've tried to like, Play it cool lately and and uh and I solo game at home a lot um and so I'll kind of leave stuff out and he'll come and ask me about it and he'll help me do a few turns and stuff so that's that's fun
0: too that's great I mean like so you know my my kids are are quite a bit younger and you know my daughter's interest so far in anything historical obviously is laughable like what's uh-huh. that on the table and then she knocks the counters Around. But I do think that like keeping it short is especially at yeah. their age and younger keeping it short to hold their interest. Like well, I just don't expect her to grab eighteen thirty off the shelf like you.
1: You never know. You never know.
0: <laughs> just just put those share certificates
1: out and just let them sit for a little while. Like, see, what
0: she does. see this paper train, honey. <laughs> see this see this diesel train. Yeah,
1: you could save up for a better paper train. Or you could pay out to shareholders. You know, maybe that's how you want to make your company.
0: Man, she's going be so jazzed tomorrow. <laughs> I want to know what, what's what's on the agenda.
1: <laughs> no, it's tough. I don't know. And I, I, I don't really know how. Because I feel like I when I was a kid, I loved playing games. Um, yeah. And I, I don't feel like they... So my I was like a pretty nerdy kid. And my son is like athletic and he wants to go outside and like, Play football or baseball all the time which i like to I, I do that with him but but i feel like he's just not i don't know if he's going to get into it as much at least his little kid as it, compared to me
0: yeah i feel like you know obviously kids are you know if if my kids play board games or not that's you know, more power to yeah. them but i was well, we didn't own monopoly when i was growing up but uh-huh. my grandparents in alabama did and that's like all I wanted to do as soon as yeah. shoot shoot bottle rockets. I'm not kidding because bottle rockets were sold year round. It was shoot bottle rockets and play as much monopoly as I could.
1: Well, yeah, it's like it's like there's something about it not being like not being accessible. Like there, my grandparents had a this card game called Millborn. I don't know if you ever seen it. No, it's like a it's like French kind of. It's it's made by like Parker Brothers, or something. It's not like exotic, but it's all in French and it's like a card game. But I just remember like we would always want to go over there and always wanted to play that. And, and there was like, there were cards that were like bad for the other person's car and like he had a flat tire or something, <laughs> but whenever you, and I don't know if this is an actual rule, but my grandpa told me you had to yell coup which I don't even know what that means. <laughs> but, like, <laughs> but like my brother and I would just lose our shit, like coup And so it was awesome. And like, but yeah, it's like, I, I actually found a copy of it and I was like looking through the rules, like as an adult and I was like, this game kind of, it sucks
0: like <laughs> is Kufare in the rule book you, we need to check i don't think so <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome yeah maybe it's yeah maybe you're right it's that thing like we don't have like we had board games in the house i yeah, remember like we had yeah. upwards and whatever you pick a dozen different ones but yeah i Mon- i loved monopoly as a kid and but i also i was at an age obviously where i remember it and she's got a long yeah, way to go yeah so. I, I think i was a little older probably
1: Like realistically than than my kids are too um but my parents like my my mom's family they all played um euchre which is Uh a card game they played euchre a lot when i was a kid and like i wasn't allowed to play but like i feel like they were like more like they were like a game kind of family um and so my mom always had some games around and we had
0: stratego did you ever have that i didn't play no i didn't i played it in high school finally for the first time and i only played it once I had a friend I had a
1: friend in probably like fourth or fifth grade who had Stratego, you know, and I would go over to his house a lot and play that so like that was that was like the kind of stuff it wasn't anything crazy, but yeah, nice. but I felt like I was just desperate to get my hands on whatever whatever was around
0: sure yeah i mean i you know i when i whenever I told my origin story, usually I start with like with ticket to ride, but um, uh-huh. and this is shifting gears a little bit. Oh, and but... that's
1: actually have you? There's a ticket for ride, ticket to ride. I forgot about that for kids. It's like ticket to ride junior or something. And yeah,
0: I want to get that. And like I like
1: that a lot. I've played that with them three or four I times. They... I don't even think I bought it. I may have gotten it as a gift or something. But like, they actually like it.
0: I think they came out with one called Ticket to Ride Haunted Train, and I think wow. it's another like Junior ones. And just because of like the ghost aesthetic is, I I kind of yeah. want to check that yeah. out. Yeah. My, my daughter
1: is, she loves spooky stuff, so maybe we'll try that. But yeah, yeah there it's you just go. like, and you get a little bit of that. Like you can watch them saving up for something, sure. You know, it's like, and then you can like throw down the four red or whatever, and they get little block them. Yeah, <laughs> can't put a price tag on those parenting memories. So. <laughs>
0: Yeah so this is bringing back like a a memory of so before tickets to ride I was in Walmart after school and my buddy Pete was like you got to check out this game called HeroScape mm-hmm. and I saved up like I didn't work in high school but I saved up my allowance or whatever and uh-huh. like we played around with his copy and I loaded up the cart with everything Walmart had HeroScape and I still have my HeroScape stuff nice um and we like saw someone we knew from high school, and I just like ghosted the cart. Like the cart kept rolling down the aisle, and I just like walked away because it was so embarrassing to me. Like we played games, but like I was buying, like this was a Monopoly or something. Like this was way intense. And then yes. I loved that shit. We made up our own rules for Heroescape and stuff. but Yeah,
1: nice,
0: nice. I don't know what triggered it. I was thinking like, you know, our family was like uh, the local family. We were, we played trivia. And then we had like a poker phase where everyone got a little too into poker. Uh And we kind of went back to trivia shit. Nice. Yeah, we had a, I had a similar, I I didn't have like a buying moment, but I was the closest I had.
1: So I, there was a, the the town I grew up in had a, a store, which was like, they had some board games, but it was mostly like minis and like trading card stuff. But they, I would do like, I would play Magic the Gathering there and we did, I would do like booster drafts or whatever and it was in the same strip mall as a liquor store and a little Caesars and so I would walk over and get those $5 hot and ready's when I was playing magic and I had like a similar experience where I was in there and like I don't know like a girl or like a cool kid from high school walked in It was like uh <laughs> yeah I'm also driving to a cool place with my pizza not <laughs> shuffling down the street to eat the entire thing while I play magic together
0: <laughs> Oh, 5 five dollar hot and Ready's next to a Magic the Gathering shop This seems like a real yeah, dangerous. They printed, printed money there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Someone's a fucking genius, is what, what it really is. <laughs> well, good. That's a good. That's a good segue. Um, let's. What what card game are you washing ashore with? So I went back and forth on this
1: one. Um, and I kind of have like so. The first thing I thought of was innovation, and I think somebody already did that. I don't know if it was Jay- or he may have done Glory to Rome, but somebody somebody I thought did innovation. And so yeah, then, Jason did one of the two. I think it was Glory to Rome, but yeah. And so I, I was going to pass on that one, and then I had two other options. So if it's allowed, I was going to say Pax Perferiana, or is that not a card game? Yeah, that's a card game, right? I mean, it has chips in it, right? But there's and there's the tableau, but but I feel like you don't need a board. Sure. So I was going to say Pax Porfiriana. Um, but then I also, I played a ton of Magic Gathering back in the day, um, and this would have been like uh, 10th edition, I think, was like the end of my Magic career, like between 6th and 10th edition was kind of when I played Magic. Um, but I have recently started playing the, the iPad app, and, and I've enjoyed that.
0: Well, so... We okay, could, i mean already. i think i think magic is like the safe pick right because that offers you know countless possibilities that's with right. all the different that's formats right. so let's go with porphyriana because i I think that's an interesting <laughs> choice <laughs> or right. i mean you can watch whatever whichever one whichever one you want yeah, I, mean, I feel like
1: it's more it's easier to watch ashore with porphyriana right because it's a thick deck but
0: yeah are, are you bringing like, like you the whole cards. library and I mean, are you bringing we like, could use code?
1: some we could use some seashells or something for currency and we would be okay
0: Sure. Yeah. Well, we have all the currency we want. We're just stuck on the island. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. Let's do Porfiriana.
0: Okay. So Porfiriana is, and you you mentioned this that I have not played Porfiriana, but that is oh, nice. a it's in the pack series, and that's a tableau yeah. builder, right? You're drafting cards and playing them on a tableau in front of you, and yes, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So
1: it's it's similar if you played any of the other ones. So I've played Porfiriana, Pamir. I haven't played all of them. Perferiana, Premier, Emancipation, I've played. And then I think there's another Transhumanity, I think. I have not played, um, but I've played the other three. Um, and I, I like all of them, and I like different stuff about all of them. But Perferiana was the first one I played, and I feel like it's honestly the only one where it's like I kind of have a plan, and I'm executing the plan. Whereas like, Premiere, I'm like desperately trying to stay alive, and, and <laughs> Emancipation... I'm like desperately trying to make moves that are like legal. You know, I, I I have I haven't really gotten beyond that point in in those two games. So so I st- I like Porfiriana
0: a lot and it's a little simpler, I think, but um but I really enjoy it. One of my favorite aspects of uh Pamir and it happened in the first game I played was just and this happened i think this only happens in person right like you can go play premier on rally the troops and you can play Porfiriana yeah. on tabletops and whatever right yeah is just the amount of just bullshitting the backstabbing the negotiating yeah. like the game yeah. really lends itself to that is that present in Porfiriana?
1: yeah so i think so per, i can I, I i did not prepare a, a thorough summary of this game before the podcast but um it the big thing in Porfiriana is the way you get victory points is usually if a like bad thing happens to you, a lot of cards will have like one of the four victory point types on it. So like if I play a bad card to you, it'll give you a VP basically. Hmm. Um, and then the way the topple card so there's these these topple cards in a lot of these games, right? And they come in the market, and when you buy one, if you have more, so the, there's like a f- government type there's four there's like four suits right and whichever suit is currently the government when the topple card comes out if one player has more of that than the next two players they win basically so there's like an amount of like like what outrage is one of the categories right and like if you have a ton of outrage and we're playing with lawrence then i can like happily keep playing all these outrage cards on lawrence right because it's 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 just making it harder for you to win right? But I really don't want to give you any more Outrage VP. So it's like kind of interesting where it's like, if you run up one of those totals, it kind of like protects you from getting more of those cards played on you. Um, And there's the, there's the like different cards that change the government. So it's like, you know, I may have like this US troop that's really good, but if I do that, that will make Outrage the suit and then it'll help somebody else win. So I don't actually want to play that card. Or I'll play it, and then I need to play something else right after it to flip it to Anarchy or something. So there's there's that same amount of, like, you know, working with other people or, or like, you know, you're going to do this, right, so I don't have to, and then you don't right. do it, so I have to, right? Like that kind of stuff, which I, which I always enjoy, too.
0: Yeah, and I mean, some of that does come through on, online, like I've tried to negotiate or push people to not let someone else win, knowing farewell that if they don't let someone else win, then I win. And um I've on, I've only played Pamir. Um but uh on a related note I should hopefully be playing John Company soon enough although completely different. Oh uh, nice.
1: I I actually like that one.
0: I, I I never played the second edition.
1: Um but I played this was a while back, but I played the first edition two or three times and actually I enjoyed that.
0: Yeah, well, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. That's a a great set of games. You know, both both of those are relatively new to me. Both Pamir I played that at the first year or the second year, no, first year of a Sorkfest, second year next week, and then I played Innovation at uh, at Con with with you uh, that one year, and so those are both relatively new to me. Innovation's been around forever, you know.
1: Um, yeah, yeah, that was uh, my first time too. I think Lawrence did Lawrence bring it? It's I think probably... so. Yeah, yeah, and I I love that game. that That was like an instant hit with me when we played it. It's amazing and
0: that's what like those online
1: because there is like a little bit of, the, but like you can pretty easily kind of look at the board state and figure out what to do right there's there's a lot less like
0: i think it's a lot easier to if you're playing and i is there anything else you want to say about Porfiriana? no 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 go for it when i'm playing innovation online it's a lot easier to make the right call because i can very easily see oh you have three light bulbs yeah yeah. lawrence has two light bulbs and that's harder in person but in person then you get the like Oh, damn it. Lawrence scored again, <laughs> guys. like <laughs> Those are played right? God damn it. Like- <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, it's like 18xx, right? And there's like a certain amount of fun in the like, you know, ability or lack thereof to like read the boards. I mean, it's harder than 18xx, but it's the same kind of thing, right? Where it's like, do I want to do the mental math on this or do I just like, play the card? let
0: the chips fall where they may. It was a little bit of a shock to go back speaking of 18XX, you know, over the pandemic, it's been so much 18XX games.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: And then we played 49 Ooh. in 2020. Uh-huh. Uh or maybe it was 2021. And then I played 32 in August. So it was about a year and a half from my in-person plays of 18xx uh-huh. and it's just like damn i i really kind of miss in person yeah i got so used to dot games that i yeah. kind of forgot what it felt like to play it in person
1: yeah i i, I felt the same way because i played it um i think my only two recent in-person plays were at accon last year and this year and both times it was like, there's, it's like, oh man, like, do I want to do all this mental math? And then you sit down and do it. And like, it's a lot of fun playing. Yeah. Live. And I, I kind of forgot about that too. it's just totally different experience. And it's like, I feel like it really is like the two years ago I was able to win. And I, and I remember like this moment where I was like, I think I'm winning, but I don't know,
0: <laughs> you know what I mean? And then it's like,
1: um and in this, and it, so it's, it's a lot of fun. Like, trying to pull off. I think that like investor kind of strategy. Yeah. You're not running a ton of stuff, but you're investing. I feel like it's easier to pull off in person because you can kind of have those sleeper. Like, Oh, I had five shares in that company and they're all worth $400 now, you know, versus like online. Everybody can
0: just see your total. And they're like, Hey, wait, like let's take care of that guy. Right. Right. Agree a hundred percent. Well, we're here and we've added a bonus topic for this episode. <laughs> uh, so <laughs> what, what train game are, are you watching a short with?
1: I am going to say, and this is, I'm going to do 1830, um, which was my first one, but I've played 1830 way more than any other train game. Um, and I still feel like, um, I'm not good at it. Um, and so I, I really enjoy that aspect of it. Where like, and there's a group of, there's four of us or five, um, who are, we've played, I think we're on like our at least 20th game. You know, and we've played on like, all online, but we've played the same group over and over and over again for years. Um, and like, there's no consistent winner. There's like no consistent like, oh, if you get this private, you're going to win. If this you start this railroad, you're going to win. Like it it constantly is, is like fluctuating. And it's like, oh, obviously if you get B and O to start, you're screwed. And then somebody got B and O and won. And then it's like, oh, okay, if you get B and O, you're going to win. And then, you know what I mean? Like it, the, there's like no real meta. Um, which I really enjoy and I feel like it's like speaks well to the quality of the game where it's like every game I feel like it's like that that is what I did wrong right and then you like realize it three months later and it's like oh my god like
0: (laughs) (laughs) definitely should not have bought that three train (laughs) there is way more so 1830 was my first as well and it blew my mind you know like Someone got bankrupted. Someone had a company dumped on them, and it wasn't me. So I was like, "This game is awesome," <laughs> and I played it. I think maybe once on whatever the iteration was before Dot Games, and I played it a little on Dot Games, and uh-huh. then I really didn't get a deep dive into thirty and start like actually learning about strategy. Not that I'm any. I'm not saying I'm good at the game at all. But at least, like, why is the CNA and um, a a company, you know, a private worth bidding up and uh-huh, things like that? Uh-huh. And once you peel those layers of 1830 back, it's it's insane how much, you know, whether you call it replay value or depth or whatever. Yeah, yeah. It's nuts. And that's what we talked
1: about with our group. It's like there's, there's times where it's like I feel like I wouldn't mind just like doing 20 private auctions in a row of like 18 you know what i mean because like that's that's weird and that has weird dynamics and and i'm like i've never been good at the operating stuff like i i'm constantly like getting screwed out of stuff by other people like laying a weird tile or like putting a token somewhere and i never feel like i'm perpetrating that and i'm like terrible at that part of the game but just the the like financial shenanigans and the timing of train purchases and it's a lot of fun. There's a lot of, there's a lot of stuff there. And like you said, like I, I don't know how I've not won very many times, but like, I
0: always feel like I get
1: something out of those games every time we play.
0: Yeah. There's a new layer exposed and it's some of those older games. And I don't even know if, you know, similarly I've played 32 straight games more than that now. Cause I haven't logged them all of Chicago express with the same group uh, yeah, just on yeah. instant replay. And you know, yeah. that's another, it's not near as old as 1830, but I do love, there is really something to be gained from, you know, playing something on loop like that.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, we did that. So actually Chicago Express um, in Puerto Rico. So I, back in the pre-pandemic era when I was working in the office, whenever my boss, I, like I was on a team for three or four years and we, like, everybody loved playing games, um, except my boss. <laughs> so whenever he was out of town, we would play games at lunch. And Excellent. we would do that. We had we did Race for the Galaxy for a while. Then we did Puerto Rico for a while. Then we did Chicago Express. And Chicago Express was great because we could get like at least two games. So there's like one guy who was super slow in this group. <laughs> but even with him, we could get at least two games of Chicago Express in, in like a lunch hour and not feel too guilty. Nice. Um, and that was great because it was the same thing where it was like, you know, stuff would feel broken and then not broken and like like just playing with the same people and like watching those little like metas get formed and then get trashed by somebody else and like like you'd never develop and then somebody would develop to like slow the turn down or whatever and be like ah that's
0: (laughs) yeah you know we had like uh the group chat we use is called no one ever gets to chicago and when we started out no one ever gets to chicago but now i feel like sometimes Uh we do get to chicago and yeah
1: Yeah, and like the, what's the, is it PRR? The one with three shares. Yeah, PRR. Uh-huh. Right, like like we had this huge stretch of time where that was like a total dead end because like every time it would go like one, one, one and nobody would bother, right? Like like building it out. Uh-huh. Um, and then and then all of a sudden, I think somebody got two shares or like one of the people with one share didn't have anything better to do. So they were building it out. And it was like, then everybody tried to get it on that earlier. It was. It's. It's fun. It's a good game. I think.
0: Is there a... I
1: really like like since that I tried it once when it came on Board Game Arena and I liked it, but but I just really missed that like vibe of like playing it live, and so I I, I feel like that kind of ruined the online version for me. I haven't really gotten back into it, but I, I should give it a shot. It's it's a good game.
0: I can definitely see like the live thing, and we've only done uh, uh, online, but. I could see the life thing coming through just because of, of plays with with Dutch Inner City, which we don't have to like go into, but it, it's yeah, similar in the yeah. sense that there's so much analyzing to be done that I think yeah, there's like so yeah. much discussion.
1: Yeah, I really that's one, and I think um, those the cube rails ones can be kind of hit or miss for me, but I really liked Dutch Inner City. Um, I've I've only played it like three times, but it. That was at Donkey Kong, right? When we were mm-hmm, playing, it? Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. However many times we played it, there was that, that. was my only play, but but that freaking like when somebody runs out of money, the auction ends thing it's like yeah, I loved it. That's a great game.
0: Yeah, and I think if you tried to translate that online, like there's so much dialogue on like, yeah. Well, if you yeah. go out of money, that ends the auction, and like you're gonna yeah. lose, you're gonna lose a certain aspect of that. But it's also like at the same time, I'm very thankful for Dot Games because you know now playing something i would play once a year or very slowly online now you know hundreds of, of plays on over dot games yeah 100, 112 sure. 112 dot games plays is what i've played and i
1: i so i'm actually sometimes torn on dot games because like like i i get a lot more done but i do feel like back in the old like whatever pencil and paper like spreadsheet era of online 18xx gaming i did i did i played less but i feel like i thought more about what i was doing mm-hmm. um and so i feel like that gets like i i will sometimes get into the mode of like i'm going to open dot games and i've got whatever five minutes while i'm waiting for something at work or whatever right and i'm going to bang out some dot games um, right? and i just kind of like plow through everything i have open and and i feel like um because it's so easy sometimes i don't I don't put as much thought into it. So it's like, I feel like it's sometimes like a double-edged sword.
0: And that, that's, that's what happened to me with, um, so if anyone's, you know, we've, we've gone on this crazy roundabout talking about train games, but (laughs) 18xx.games is a web-based platform to play a (laughs) wide range of 18xx games. And one of those on there is 1817, which for a lot of people is like the like heaviest, perhaps, Mm -hmm train game it's it's got a lot of different levers to pull you can short shares you can merge companies and it's it's a great game but part of my problem with 17 was exactly what you just talked about paul where i was just going through the motions and it wasn't yeah. until i was like i want to retry 17 and try to you know our our buddy lawrence is great about giving advice that just flies over my head and then like so i'm going back Uh trying to read some of his advice like trying to make sense of the game and my appreciation of 1817 was a game i really couldn't stand never thought i would like it and now i'm i'm all horned up for 1817 it is it's just fantastic yeah yeah it's i and i actually had i
1: have this like very vivid memory of back in the spreadsheet era we were playing a game of 1817 and like i had the same thing happen where like um I remember I like thought a ton about it, right? Like it was in an SR and I had a great plan for the next SR. So we went through like the, there's two operating rounds and these two merger rounds. And then the next stock round comes back around and I had exactly $600. And then I was like, oh my God, I had a great plan and I have no fucking idea. Like what, (laughs) what I was going to do with that. And it's like, it was just totally gone. It's like, I really should have like I spent 30 minutes thinking about that. I really should have spent 30 seconds and, like, written down what <laughs> <You're> right, <laughs> the right. end result of all that analysis was. Um, but, yeah, I feel the same way. And, like, I, I unfortunately, like, I felt like I was not, like, good, but I I had I was okay at 17, and then I didn't play it for a long time, and now I've come back, and I'm like, oh, my God, like, I'm terrible at this game. But it's <laughs> it's a lot of fun. I, I really think that the shorting mechanic in that is, like, a game-changer and the, like, growing companies up, and, like, do I keep a two-share company around so I can take all the money and have all this cash at the end of the game, or do I want to grow into a 10-share and build the share equity and sell the shares? Or You know, I, I think there's a ton of interesting stuff in that game.
0: Yeah, yeah, totally. Is, is, there, a, is there an 18xx game that nearly rises to the level of
1: 1830? Uh, I would say my second favorite i mean i i haven't played any other one nearly as many times as 1830 um i think if i was only gonna bring another one it would probably be 17 um i i really like that one i I guess i'm more on like the shenanigans side of, of 18xx gaming than the like route building side mm-hmm. um I've played 49 a few times um and I never feel like I really have gotten it. Um I'm trying to think what else have I played a decent amount of? I've I 1870 is one that I like other people like more than me and I keep wanting to understand why and I I haven't gotten there yet with yeah, same here same here. And I love so 32,
0: I, but 70 eludes me for some reason i I don't get the love for it yeah i I don't know yeah
1: yeah i'm trying 17 would be my number two i think um and then after that i feel like beyond those two there's a ton of them where i've played like or not a ton but like like everything else it's like one two three plays maybe you know so it's it's like you know i haven't put nearly as much thought in anything else as i have as 17 or 30. sure and like, have you played sixty-seven or sixty-one? Either of those, I have, yeah. So I like, um, I like sixty-seven pretty well. That's the one we played two years ago at at AAC Con. Um, I like that one better than sixty-one, but um, yeah, it's tough because like, I I always want to try new stuff and like try other ones, but then there is also just that great feeling you get when you are like really humming with one of them and you you know what you are doing and you are trying different stuff versus like. You know, just just not doing boneheaded stuff or like playing it because you thought it was eighteen thirty and like forgetting some rule until way too late to fix.
0: Sure. <laughs> right. All right, I'm gonna throw, and I guess I shouldn't assume, but I think is maybe a throwaway category here, um, and that's Deserted Island Miniatures game. What's Washington <laughs> Shore, That and is, yeah.
1: very close. So I'm gonna, I, I have, I will say, it's basically a throwaway. I'll say, I'll just, I'll tell you my two. Anecdotes with miniatures gaming. Um so I in high school had bought one squad of Space Marines from Warhammer 40k. Um with like, you know, a bunch of my hard-earned um IT help desk money. Um and I like got some paints. I had a friend who played, I had a couple of friends who played Warhammer 40k. And like I got or borrowed some paints from one of them, or paint, yeah, I guess paints is the term. Paint. And I, I was painting my squad. And I like slaved away on one of them, and then I like got it done, let it dry, looked at it, and it was like dog shit. And I was like, "All right, no, like I, I don't want to spend a bunch of money, spend a bunch of time, and then be like dissatisfied with the outcome." And then I, but I, I played a couple times because I had a friend who like had a Warhammer forty k acquisition problem. Uh, so he had like three armies and like nobody to play with. So I he had a bunch of Necrons. Are those the like skeleton dudes? Yeah. uh Okay. So he had a bunch of Necrons. So I played a couple times with him and then he was like, I really want to sell you my Necron army. So I can get more stuff. And I'm like, no, I'm not going to buy it. He's like, what if you just kept the Necron army at your house? So my parents didn't get mad at me about having too much Warhammer (laughs) stuff. So I I, I had in my closet, a bunch of Necrons, but I, I don't think he ever actually got any money out of of me. Um, And then I gave him back when I went to college. So that was one war game experience. And then, and I, I really feel bad because I can't even remember the name of the system. But I played a World War II minis game um, in New York, and I think it was Flames of War, but I'm not sure. Uh, but it was like a pretty detailed system because I remember. Um, and have you have you played World War II like minis at all?
0: I've. I've not played, but I've read through the rules and painted a little bit of, of something called chain of command, but I've not. Played. Okay.
1: Okay. This, this one, it, and if it's not flames of war, I like, apologize to, to everybody who <laughs> has to listen through this, but like, it's like pretty detailed. Cause like, I remember you could like hit and then you'd hit different parts of a tank. Right. And then like roll to see what happened. And I had a tank, like blow a tread and then you could like get your tank crew out to try to fix it. Like it was really cool. And there was. Um, we had like a referee a guy who i think owned the minis um and he was just kind of like teaching and refereeing which was really cool because like or he was playing um i think he had like half the germans or something because he was playing too um but then like on my half he did some like double blind kind of stuff where it was like he had like a stug or something you know and there was a hedgerow and you're kind of like creeping past it with your squad and like um Sherman, and then, like, like of course, like you you sort of like are like, all right, like there's no way he's in this corner, so I'm gonna like go for it. And so you start driving and then like immediately he throws that mini out and like just totally blasted my Sherman and, and so that was a lot of fun and, and sure. he, like hit a hidden hidden machine gun in a building. But so I think if I was gonna bring one, it would be that, which I unfortunately don't don't remember the name of, but that was like by far the most fun I ever had playing minis. I just I just don't have the time or, or inclination to to really invest in it.
0: So you're just washing ashore with someone else's painted. That's collection. right. Yeah, I
1: want I want a lovingly painted set of minis from this 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 guy in New York who who had a sand table and all this stuff. Like that's what I would wash ashore with. <laughs> but I don't want really to do anything. not him.
0: Just yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, he's he's more than welcome to wash ashore with me if he can be a part of the deal. But <laughs> at least at least his minis.
0: Nice. Well, since we're on the topic of uh, war games, uh, although we're not on war board games yet, let's. Let's talk about something that I've wanted to talk to you about. And I know that our, our buddy Lawrence. I didn't know is, how long is, you wanted to save this content. I was already. Exactly. And you know where this is going. <laughs> and I think what I'll start with is just a, a, a simple choice. If you had to choose between Victory Games, the Civil War, or GMTs, the U.S. Civil War, which would you pick? I would pick the U.S. Civil War. That's, that's beautiful. That's exactly what I wanted to hear. And I guess I guess we should we should talk about why. So, what um you know, we don't meet bi-weekly, but we, we try our best. We've had a group of four players that have tackled some four-player games and we've also carved up US Civil War and uh, Victory Games. A shout out to to Carl and Rex. Uh, and we're, right now we're going through Victory Games Civil War, having already completed US Civil War. Yes. And I think 3 of the 4 of us are in agreement that U.S. Civil War is uh, superior, <laughs> but Victory Games is is a, is a great game. So um, they're yeah. both strategic yeah. Civil War games, but but why do you like uh, U.S. Civil War more? So I
1: think, and I and I'll be like totally honest. Part of part of um, why I, I don't feel totally fair in my judgment because <laughs> when we got into Civil War was like kind of like a, a dark sp- period in my board gaming career. And I wasn't, like, super into it. And so I feel like I never really, like, got it when we started mm-hmm. playing. Um, and then I feel like my problem is I haven't been happy enough with it to, like, actually get it. Um, <laughs> so what I – I guess I – so, like, you know, I – I, I, I it, you get to take the salt with a grain of salt. What I like better about U.S. Civil War is I feel like – um it feels easier to me. Like when we played this U S civil war and I'm going to like definitely mix up the names three or four times while I talk (laughs) about it. Um, When we played the GMT U S civil war um, it felt like I would have an idea about doing something that was like a civil war thing. Right. Mm -hmm. And I was trying to do it in the game Um, and and it would like work or not work, but it, it felt like I was like, you know, whatever, what would like, john fremont from st louis want to do right and i'm going to try to make my guys do that and maybe it'll work maybe it won't work um and the civil war i feel like i'm like constantly trying to like figure out what i'm allowed to do in the game right you know what i mean and then just trying to do something that like like it it just feels like more desperate like oh i got two command points left like what the hell can i do with that right Um, and so I don't know. I I just have never really gotten that feeling where it's like, okay, I've got a plan. I'm like, maybe the dice won't go my way or the, you know, whatever. I won't draw the right cards, you know, or whatever. Right. Um, And I, I can't execute it, but like, I've got that plan and I'm going to chip away at it. Whereas like in the civil war, it feels like, I don't know whether it's like too random or or just like my lack of understanding of the rules or, 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 you know, like whatever the cause is. But I feel like I just have never really gotten to that point of like, actually trying to think like a civil war general. Does that make sense?
0: Oh yeah, totally. I mean, a big part of when I'm, when we're going through the process of of like ranking games, we talk about a lot of stuff, but I think a lot of times what it boils down to is like, what does that game make you feel like? And, My favorite thing with u s Civil War has always been it's it's a sandbox, but I also feel like every decision in that sandbox matters and it may matter in the Civil War, but I don't know why it matters. We yeah. laugh and have so much fun with the far West and like yeah. flipping control of Indians and like placing <laughs> texas rangers and and all this stupid shit that happens out there and it it probably matters. And it probably matters (laughs) to people that really know the game, but it's not clear ever why it actually matters. Whereas in Civil War, I see it. And also, I just love, like, all the stupid stuff you can try. And I always, I feel like I've grokked trying those things way better than the Civil War. So I agree 100%. I think some of it does come down to feeling like, sure, yeah, yeah, we could talk about like mechanical gripes about, you know, activations in either system or the leader loss system. And, and, you know, some people hate that in the U.S. Civil War. And obviously you've had a terrible experience with your leaders (laughs) in in the Civil War. And so like those things are important. But at the end of the day, it also boils down to like what makes you feel good.
1: Yeah, yeah yeah exactly and i think like part of like there's stuff i think that's more interesting about the civil war as a game um but like i i always with historical board games like for me it's like it it, it's not as it's like a you know if you could change the theme and play the same mechanics like i probably wouldn't do it right like i love right the theme and i love like feeling like i learned something from it and like like, this is off topic, but like with Liberty Roads, I played that. Uh, I've only played it once, but like, that's one. It's like a D Day game and you can change, or not really D Day. It's like sort of like campaign from France into Germany. Um, but you can land wherever you want. And like, um, obviously, there's like reasons to land where they did historically. Like, they were all smart people and they thought really hard <laughs> about it. Um, but you can do whatever you want. And like, I decided to just like, just for the hell of it, right? Like, I'm going to do something else. So I picked this other landing strategy. And like I really sucked, like <laughs> I got nowhere close to Germany. And then like, but it was like a really great feeling where it's like, holy shit! Like, if we, I think I landed in the south of France at the same time as like I landed, kind of like on one of the historical D-Day beaches. And it's like, oh, like I'm trying to split like all these strategic aircraft between like Marseille and like Normandy, and like I'm getting nowhere. And it's like, wow, like I guess that's why they put them all in one place historically, right? Like, and it's like. And, and I always enjoy that feeling of like trying these kind of like where you can do a little bit of what if, right? Like you're not totally on yes. but like you know you're close enough to reality where you can sort of like judge yourself compared to your historical counterparts. And like I I, I always feel like you get a better appreciation for like what was going on and, and what people had to go through to make those decisions and like why they did what they did when you can try to outsmart them and fail.
0: <laughs> oh, dude, I agree a hundred percent. And I I don't think. I'm not saying that the Civil War doesn't allow you to do that because obviously it yeah. does. It has the what if of, what if Lion doesn't die? What <laughs> if Grant dies in the first Christmas year
1: of the war?
0: <laughs> right, yeah, exactly. And so like that what <laughs> yeah. if is certainly there and it's a good, I do like the game. Um, mm. I do mm. think it's unfortunate, like, you know, we'll play two hours every two weeks and and sometimes there will be nights where we just roll one and two dice differentials yeah. and take meaningless yeah. actions for two hours. Um, but... It's it's still a good what if game, and now you're the second person to bring up Liberty uh, Roads, and now I really need I need to play that game. <laughs> it's, like, it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. Um, and yeah, I feel like with the historical leader, like what's hard with
1: the so so I I don't know maybe people I should explain a little bit, but in in U.S. Civil War, I and mean, you guys have talked about this right, like you have the schedule where leaders like get promoted, die, get get fired, whatever, right? And the Civil War you basically roll after combat um, to see if somebody dies or gets promoted. Um, so I think there's interesting stuff in that where it's like you have these like one-star generals and you like want them to get experience. So you, you it may cause you to like fight more battles than you would want to because you want them to roll and try to get promoted. But um, I think the downside is because they all have kind of historical values. Like if you're the union and you, I, I think if you have like, it was like a little more generic or like there were a few better leaders or something like it would feel better but like you can have these like devastating results like in our game grant died in in this battle in nashville super early
0: grant uh, and
1: sherman died right he's
0: no not sherman's sherman. still
1: around but sherman's failed but he's like a one star i
0: think oh, okay he, he's still alive
1: but somebody else died. you're somebody else died at the same time and it's like you're stuck with all this like terrible generals and like <laughs> it's 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 tough um and so i think like the downside to the civil war system is is just like if you get this like grant dies result is it like like it should be really bad right like he was a big part of the union war effort right like like if robert e lee or, or grant had died it probably would have played out very differently uh, but on the other hand it's like is that very much fun as like a game to be like all right now there's four more years with like mcclellan in command like this is going to be so much fun like (laughs) right can't wait to almost attack three hexes away from richmond for the rest of my life (laughs) you know so it's it's i think that's kind of the downside where it's like it is kind of interesting as a what if but like i don't know there's a point where it's like i don't know how much fun i'm going to have playing this out to see what happens
0: yeah i i yeah i i agree I, i do think it like it for but then you know, to tie on to that. And I think maybe you were saying this is like, you have the devastating result, but you're forced into that devastating result because you were trying to get grant promoted. And right. then you were following, you were going into battle with McClellan or, you know, yeah, pick yeah. whoever it is. And they're all crappy leaders, but you need them to command your armies, you know? So, right. Right. Yeah. You had to use somebody and people may have man. left
1: is like banks and <laughs> McClellan. And it was the, I can't remember the other guy. Yeah, they're New England politician in general, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, it's
0: it's not great right now for the
1: union. That's all. I that's all I have to say.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I think your best shot now is Lion, which uh, <laughs> getting him promoted. But yeah, yeah, you know, Lion flip a
1: few more counters in the far west, and, and everything will fall into place.
0: Nice. Okay, let's do let's knock a game out, and then we can kind of circle right back to so Just a we hit them all. Uh, let's let's save War Game for last. So so <laughs> let's talk about Deserted Island non War Game board game. Okay,
1: so I, I actually had trouble with this. Hmm. And then I, I picked something that I think has, like, very low replay value. Um, <laughs> but I, I've had a lot of fun with. and I So I did Trivial Pursuit Genus Edition. Oh, my. <laughs> so I had a, a, my best friend when I was growing up, his parents did not have a ton of games. But they had this, like, 1980s Trivial Pursuit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we played that a lot and like i what i was it <laughs> was it a blue like, box with
0: a yellow label yeah
1: yeah yeah no okay. no, no not yellow it was like blue and it had like orange print on it
0: yeah yeah yeah
1: you know what i'm talking about
0: yeah i i'm i'm almost certain that's the one that my family played yeah
1: <laughs> <laughs> so like what was fun about it was like you know all the questions are like who was the best at x or like what was the biggest city or whatever right and you're like this extra layer of like in 1982, remember? Really, like
0: who was the player? Like, <laughs> and so it's
1: like I, you know, I we we have like a lot of fun. I think I a lot. Um, so that's what I'm watching with.
0: You're gonna be stranded on an island, and you're gonna pick <laughs> trivia cards from 1982. This game is banned at our family get-togethers. Like, I'm I'm almost certain we're talking about the same one. Yeah. And my yeah, a family member and his spouse like do not play trivia games anymore. Period, because of this game.
1: <laughs> Perfect. The island was getting too chummy, so we needed something to like. It could be Genius Edition. so how did it can you do you mind telling why so why why is it so bad
0: oh well so uh sure it's uh like it's it's largely my brother and he laughs about this but every question he asks, he acts like he knows the answer and like, oh, really, and like, I think it just gets to his wife. And like, they just like, it. it's like a no go anymore because of just like the arguments that either happen. But in particular, it's that like every answer, he's like, oh, yeah, it's, um," uh, and she's like, you don't know.
1: Yeah, I know what the most popular movie was in
0: 1982. Yeah. Uh, you know nice. what? I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to scoop a copy of this for, uh, the next convention we're at so i actually did so i actually got a copy i was at goodwill with- <laughs> and there was a copy there for like
1: seven dollars or something and i picked it up and it doesn't smell great but it's the real deal it's got all the questions so i i, I do have a copy of it and i was really proud to snag that bad boy.
0: you need I'm to sure like just throw a, a, like,
1: a throw a dryer sheet in there yeah exactly <laughs> I'm gonna get you a long <laughs> man the same friend. He did not it wasn't as good of a purchase. He bought a suit at Goodwill when we were in high school. Oh my gosh. For fifteen dollars and it had a twenty dollar bill in the pocket, so he made five dollars from that.
0: Whoa. I don't know where I saw that going. So so yeah.
1: You know, you can it wasn't the best Goodwill purchase I've ever seen, but it's it's number two.
0: Yeah, here's the, I'm looking at some sample cards. So it's what's the most attended sport in the US? But that's in nineteen eighty two. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah here's one who was the commander
1: of the starship enterprise like oh uh.
0: Uh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, man you know what i'm gonna um <laughs> you know for when the war game game gets a little stale i think i'm gonna pick up a box of true Mission. <laughs> Cards uh to really soup rich. There we go. There we go. Gotta keep it spicy. But oh yeah, my I, goodness. Not I, where I, like I wouldn't have guessed that in a million years. Like even <laughs> as a joke pick. Trivial pursuit. Not really a joke pick though, because like I'm not kidding. Like I, I've played
1: of like total, you know, non or non-war game board gaming hours in my life. Like a decent chunk is, is Genus Edition. And like I, I'm confident we went through all those cards, right? And like it's still it's still fun. I'm like, we didn't even, you know, like, you know, hundred percent play with like the rules of Trivial Pursuit, but just like bragging rights on the cards and stuff like that. And it's a, it's a lot of fun.
0: Sure. Have you ever have you ever heard of this game called bezzer Wizard? No, no. Okay, so it's it's pretty good. It's got a ridiculous name, but the nice thing about bezzer Wizard is basically a Trivial Pursuit, but you rank like you get random tiles and you Uh rank how you're going to score them so you can put your sports question be the most points and like your language arts be first Uh but then you also have tiles you can play like if the other team if you think they're going to miss it you can be like if they miss it I want to answer and then you uh can steal the points Uh it's not bad for a trivia game it's not it's not bad at all yeah yeah it's like modern too so you don't have to know what the largest Chinatown in the United States was in 1981. (laughs)
1: and I'll, I'll i'll caveat this whole thing with like you know i already said i was like a pretty nerdy kid i was like a i was a quiz bowl you know proud quiz bowl team member
0: in in high school so i I love trivia had to bring up quiz bowl huh yeah had to. I, <laughs> I i, <laughs> I uh <laughs> i didn't make the team <laughs> what did i you say? tried out you tried out i tried out i didn't make the team really
1: yeah Oh, God, you could have been on our team. We were desperate. We had, there was, you know, there was all walk-ons in the, the OTHS quiz bowl team.
0: Oh, man. Yeah, no. We actually Lions.
1: On, um, I don't know if it's available, but there was a, in Carbondale, Illinois, there was a, like, public access, you know, kind of TV channel um, at a, you know, like a college there. And we would go there, like, once or twice a year. And they had, like, a high school quiz bowl show on TV. Um, and so you can maybe find it on YouTube. I don't know if it's like a thing, but but I was definitely on TV.
0: Oh, uh-huh, look at you. Hear yeah. that folks.
1: Yeah, at like nine PM or whatever. Like we would drive down there, drive down to Carbondale, record at like ten PM and then drive back to <laughs> O'Fallon. Well,
0: wow. you know what's gonna happen when I do my uh Willy Guy Sunday sit down like intro the hype before the <laughs> actual recording is I think I know how to plug you now. <laughs> As uh, seen on Carbondale Public that's Access true. TV <laughs> Quiz Bowl. Oh, that's awesome. What a pick. Yep. All yep. right. Well, there's no way your next pick ever lives up to this, so why don't you just go and give us your deserted island war game? All right. Um Can I guess? So, can I guess? Yes, you can guess. Is it, is it strategic level or grand strategic level? Ah, uh, yes. Okay, because I could see you going one of two ways. So I think I know yeah. what it is. Go ahead, I won't steal your thunder. All right, so I was gonna say, can I? I have like
1: a real. So I was gonna say, Axis Empires is probably my. Um, that's what I was thinking. That's that. That's what I would go with. That's like my favorite game, and I think it has like a good replay value. But I also, I love like and like. who can talk about monster games. I love monster games, and I also like kind of want to sh- wash ashore with like Atlantic Wall. or like (laughs) one of those like giant goss d-day kind of games and like or if there was like a giant goss market garden that would be even better but like i kind of want to wash it short with one of those because like i never i know i'm never going to do it otherwise um but I think I'd have to go with something I've actually played. I feel like even if I was on a desert island, maybe I would still be intimidated by Atlantic Wall and
0: like,
1: <laughs> never quite get around to it. Like I'd start building some coconut <laughs> contraptions or something.
0: Like just I've got 25 like, years left on this island. I'll yeah, get to that. next yeah, year.
1: Next year. Next year. <laughs> so now I I, I think it would, I think it needs to be Axis Empires.
0: Nice. Yeah, and as I say, that's a grand strategic game and uh, plays four players really well and has a lot of different not crazy in the what if sense like yeah sure you can have um you know finland join the allies or whatever you want it the one thing that i wasn't like i really like axis empires i think it's a great game it's it's not my favorite by any means yeah i feel like some of the sandbox things kind of like it's cool that they can do it but they don't matter that much and maybe they wouldn't have mattered in the actual war either
1: but yeah 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 and i think um I think one drawback to that is also like and I think like that's why it's kind of nice is the Desert Island game. It's like so in in Axis Empires, and I can't remember if you've talked about this on the podcast already, but but you have like a a deck of cards for each country and you kind of play cards um, seasonally. Basically, you play like four cards a year, but it's not like, you know, you're not drawing a hand or whatever. Right, You can pick any card you want, but that sort of dictates um the course of what you're doing and so i think there's a a decent amount of like pressure to to do pretty historical stuff like i think because a lot of them it's like a choice right like if i play card a i'm going to throw card b out um and i think what would be cool on a desert island is like if you're only going to play the game once or twice i think you really do kind of want to stick to the historical cards um or it's not going to be like you it, it would be pretty easy to like blow it up early and, like, like it could not be a very interesting game. Um, But what would be fun on Des- Desert Island is, like, you know, you could do, like, what if, like, there's, like, a nicer Germany, right? Like, where it's, like, oh, I'm going to try this diplomatic card instead of, you know, producing more stuff. Or, like, the U.S. can give the Philippines independence instead of trying to, like, basically, like, build up their, their army more. Um, And so I think it would be fun to go through and, and like, try some of that other weird stuff if you had – unlimited time and willing victims and you could you could do it a few times i think it would be fun to kind of dive into those because i in my plays i don't think um I, i i've i've played it a few times not a ton but like i've never really done anything too wild so it'd be fun to like go through and actually try some of those cards where it's like that's almost certainly worse but like it would be fun to to see what happens
0: man that's that's crazy even just talking about the game for a little bit and that's kind of a game where like I don't know if you would have asked me last year, like I'm good with it. I don't need to re-say that. But now when you mentioned the seasonal cards and now I'm remembering like picking your upcoming cards and and kind of committing yeah. to like a plan. It's like, yeah, oh, shit, I could, I could replay Axis Empires. Yeah, yeah. It's, and there's enough like,
1: and I don't know, every time I've played it, I've like shot myself in the foot with that process, right? Where it's like, you know, it's like, and the other, there's like summer is one extra turn. So it's like, you want to play like a good card during summer cause it's going to fire one extra time. And then like, Oh
0: you know, yeah. I
1: invariably like, it's like, Oh shit. Like I put a crappy card there or like you have to play a production card every year and you can only play one. And then it's like, Oh, I definitely picked one for winter. Right. And then you like flip it over. You're like, God damn it. Like, <laughs> you know, I, I've done that enough times too, which also is like a, an, a good fun factor in the game.
0: Oh man. Yeah. That's, that's bringing a lot back. Dang. It's, it's fun
1: but you had you had really shitty luck in so like that was when i joined the group right it was like right after you guys played you did you do the europe one
0: yeah so and it started
1: a really shitty go of it
0: weren't you in um so what ended up happening is i didn't garrison london and i lost yeah were I you in I that joined, game i think i was like watching you guys play that one and then you we rebooted with
1: the pacific is that right and that was the start of four players. I think the three of you were
0: playing. Okay, it was so. And, it was I was Car- watching, Carl Lawrence. and
1: I was just watching. And then we rebooted and added Pacific, I think. And that's when it became four people.
0: Yeah, and then Carl had the worst die rolling I've ever seen, and so we that's kind true. of abandoned the game because Germany was so far behind after awful, awful rolls. <laughs> like it was so bad. It was. like laughing really like went. couldn't conquer austria or no it wasn't that but like
1: it was it was like basically that right like where he was like
0: right it was like going to yeah, your name france
1: him. was like losing to poland or something and it's like all right like this is not not good
0: <laughs> yeah yeah that was yeah my my so we started in person and like we were just gonna leave it set up in my banquet basement and then the pandemic started and then so we moved online and i didn't garrison london that was yeah. a very long experience as the british player yeah
1: <laughs> Gonna mount my counter invasion from the United States. Oh God, try to retake (laughs) Irelander. Yeah, yeah. There's there's times where it's like you kind of want to play it, and that kind of happened to me. I did a solo game um, of that, and like the Europe part was interesting, but in the Pacific, there's like a very so so conquering China is like like nigh impossible, right? Like as there probably should be, but it like you can knock nationalist China out of the war. And I did that as Japan and it like really came down to like, like I think you have to occupy like every city and take yeah. a certain number of VP hexes. It's hard. And like a Chinese unit, had like sprung up and retaken one of the cities. And it was like literally like the last turn I had the like piece with China card out or whatever. Right. And I had a combat and it was like, I need a roll of four or better to kill that Chinese unit. And then like a three is like a, retreat or something right and they could lose a step and stay in the city and like so it was like literally down to like that last die roll and the Japanese version of me got it and and that game was like just totally busted at that point in the Pacific because the Japanese had these like giant armies in like you know wherever Rabaul and and like Guadalcanal and the U.S. player was like desperately trying in like 1944 to take Guadalcanal and I was like all right like I may as well just put it away like
0: right it's never gonna happen that is a fun because I played Japan in the four player game and I was very much trying to go for that. And I feel like I got relatively close, but obviously, yeah, not. it's, it's really hard, but like, if you do
1: it, it, it kind of breaks, right. Cause like you have no, cause then you kind of have to like garrison all those cities, right. Cause they can bring in their reinforcements, but if you don't have to do that anymore, like you, you, it gets really bad, really fast for the allies everywhere else.
0: Sure. Yeah.
1: Like, I, huh, I want to conquer India. Sure. And like, no problem. I can have these giant armies like <laughs> roll into India. Do I want to, Try to conquer
0: Australia? Like sure, no problem. That's great stuff. I had a I had a talking note here, and and you mentioned it shortly. Not we, you know, we haven't had a shortage of topics, but I I do come prepared just in case. Um, and that was going to be to talk about monster gaming because, you know, that's how we had played online some, but when we when you and I got together in person, it's been not the most. You know, we play okay, so we played Beyond the Rhine, which is a huge monster OCS title. We yeah. uh, did a full campaign game of GCACW, not necessarily a monster and then we uh, we tried to tackle hakapale so i guess in a broad sense like let's talk uh monster gaming before we get to the hot seat and uh i don't know is there it's kind of like a broad bullshit question but like what is it about monster gaming or these monster Series I like Goss like, or OCS. I, I love it. I love I love the idea of
1: monster gaming. Um, and I don't know if it's like the unattainability. Like this is you know now that I can buy millborn or, or whatever, right? Like I don't have to go to my grandparents anymore. Like this is the only way to get that feeling of unattainability. <laughs> is like buying monster games that I know I'll never play. Um, but I think there is something to like, you know, having something set up. Um. And there's like, I I think I, so, so I guess, you know, kind of what you talked about with those three games of those three, my favorite was the, the GCCW campaign, I think. And like, I, GCCW is a great system and I love it, but I think part of what's great with monster gaming, I think is more the like time scale than like unit scale. If that makes sense. Like, I do think like, as I've played more of that stuff, I have less interest in setting up a game with like 4,000 counters. Right you know but it's just something about that like over the course of days like actually playing one of these things through from the start to the end where it takes a long time like like i i thought that um GCSw game was great because you know like even every day right it's like i'm gonna play this game for six hours today and like here's my plan and then like that's totally shot to shit and it's like okay tomorrow i'm gonna play it for six more hours Like what the hell i gonna do you know and like it's really fun to actually like go through that process of like seeing how the game evolves and trying to adapt to it, where it was like we made a run at Baltimore and then realized that was a bad idea and then had to turn somewhere else. And like, it was, it was a lot of fun just like seeing those things open up, going for it, getting the dice, not getting the dice, whatever. Like I, I really enjoy that sort of like actually having to adapt to what's happened in the game versus like just picking it up from a start different starting position. That's still historical.
0: Yeah. I think that's a great point. I also think, uh, you you know, we're not ever, I guess like if we're ever in an ASL tournament, that's slightly different, but even then I don't take those very seriously, but especially in monster gaming, like sure, you're going to be playing it for five days. So you don't want to make a total, you know, shit show of it. But I don't think my mindset is necessarily to win. I think it's a little bit of what you said, like this is what I'm going to try to accomplish today, yeah, and see what happens, and then you know come back to it. And sure, that can happen in any scale and on any time frame, but there's something about it with like, well, shit, I got to pick up the pieces tomorrow, and yeah,
1: well, and like even in Beyond the Ryan, right? Like we we got nowhere close to finishing, but like. Oh, no we got to do like an airdrop and like an ocs it's like you have to plan it three turns ahead and it's like i actually got to like play it long enough to be like all right i'm gonna airdrop these guys here and like i hope to hell i've gotten there by the time you know what i mean it's like you don't want to airdrop them next to you because that's a waste but you don't want to airdrop them so far away they're all going to get out of supply and attritioned away and it's like fun to actually try to think through like realistically like where could i get in three turns and like can I link up with these guys? And, and like, you know, I, I love Market Garden as a campaign. I think it's really interesting. And, like, the fact that you're kind of in that area and it's, like, yeah, I could get, I could get, like, you know, you could see how it happened, right? Where it's, like, I could totally get one river farther. Like, totally, I'm going to get there. It's going to be fine. Don't worry about it. Like, <laughs> these German units suck. Like, I'm going to blow all through the line. It's going to be totally fine. I'm like, uh, uh is it? though? No. <laughs> first, first attack stalled. Can we turn those planes around? Like... <laughs>
0: shit amount of supply yeah that's the other thing like you know in ocs specifically then you have enough time frame to like you know in short scenarios sure supply supply matters and stuff but like in a campaign if you blow all your supply like up front right. then it's like okay i need to wait and wait for more yeah. supply to come in <laughs>
1: right It's like oh that's where the rail ends like i've got one truck and like it's gonna <laughs> shuffle forward as much as it can but
0: yeah awesome no, but well paul before before we do the the hot seat uh, is there anything else you want to say or t- about civil war or, or yourself or anything before, before we get there?
1: No, no, go for it. Go for it.
0: All right. So this is lightning round. Then 10 is, you know, I, I give you a question and answer right away. Bam. There's another one. And okay. uh, so we call it the hot seat with an extra T. So are you ready?
1: I'm ready. I'm, okay. I mean, no, not really, but like I'm as ready as all. Sure. Already.
0: Right. Okay. Uh, you'll <laughs> do fine. Uh, favorite military topic to play a war game on uh market garden nice favorite topic to read about
1: uh um does it have to be a historical game anything no 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 anything i I read a lot of like historical finance books about about like you know companies that that blew up or or hedge funds and stuff like that that's that's my favorite topic
0: damn nice uh i remind me to look a a book title up for you that you may or may not enjoy but i'm not even gonna try to guess what it is now uh Negroni or mate? Negroni. A game you've always wanted to play but haven't.
1: Uh I'll say Atlantic Wall.
0: Favorite Christmas movie.
1: Uh Die Hard.
0: <laughs> Hell yeah. Best gaming experience.
1: Uh that GCACW that campaign. That I no contest.
0: Hell That's yeah. Uh last game we didn't enjoy. Last game we didn't enjoy. <laughs> <laughs> hakapale was the first yeah. thing that
1: came in mind. there may have been something more recent, but that's that's the first thing that came to mind <laughs>
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. did you see that post uh you're on Facebook Someone made a post just completely flaming um oh, was, really? yeah, yeah, with some customer service stuff so someone asking for a refund, and it just like they just completely nice, yeah, they really took them
1: yeah, it, it was I absolutely love to hear it,
0: yeah, um. It wasn't that bad, but they, they share all the details and the the company that makes those games <laughs> didn't exactly look the great. best after that. <laughs> <laughs> uh uh hundred Years War or Thirty Years War?
1: Uh 30 Years War.
0: Last TV show you binged? Uh
1: the FIFA documentary, FIFA Uncovered. Is that oh, it? Okay. Um, uh it's, for sport, game. it's an easy binge, but but I did binge it. Nice. First war game? First war game. Uh I so there's the Access <laughs> and Al I I can't remember what it's called. Access and Allies had a version that was just in Europe. Um I like, like Access and Allies Europe or something. That was my first war game. Nice. Uh favorite war movie? Bridge Too Far. World War One or World War Two? Uh two. Favorite comic book character? Um Hot seat. Um, the the guy from the comedian from Watchmen. Nice. Finland or
0: Russia? <laughs> Finland, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that, that question probably
1: needs to come off. I think I
0: had that like on a copy and paste from before the whole year. E- as yeah, much right. as I
1: loved my, you know, each each and every one of my giant armies that I threw in the mall of your <laughs> cinched Death Stars. And, and uh, like best play. city yeah. to get barbecue in? Uh... I'll do Austin,
0: Texas. Okay, that's acceptable. Uh,
1: <laughs> I thought about doing Kansas City as the obvious sop or something else that would piss you off, but I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll go with what I would actually pick.
0: Uh, favorite war game scale? I think Grand Strategic. Nice. Arsenal or St. Louis Cardinals? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll go Arsenal. Whoa. I'm, I'm all in this year. You're I'm all, in. all in. I'm all in. Nice. Uh game on your table right now?
1: I nothing. I just picked up a game. Um, but the next one I was gonna I, I really want to try GBOH, so I was gonna try a small GBOH scenario. Oh nice. Uh
0: Antietam or Shiloh? Uh Antietum. Smoky Jazz Bar or Tiki Bar? Tiki Bar. Fiction or nonfiction? Nonfiction. Who wins the twenty twenty three Stanley Cup? <laughs> Uh, Islanders. Favorite
1: book? Favorite book? Um, the Foucault's pendulum. Last great book you read? Last great book I read. Um, it's not. I'm. I'm. It's. it's, The seat's cooling off. Hang on. Um, give me a second. I, I. Oh. Um. The container. I can't remember. There's a book about shipping containers, and I can't remember the name of it, but it was really good the container is like the container how the container changed the world i should know the name of it but it was a really good book
0: okay nice
1: the box the box the box okay <laughs> uh, alien or aliens uh i've never seen alien so i'll say aliens oh
0: wait you you haven't seen which one the first one i've seen the second one okay uh so, pacific or alien. band of brothers band of brothers worst board game you've ever played <laughs>
1: worst work game Candyland. last game you purchased or received um the last game i purchased was commanding colors ancients
0: in that gmt sale nice best bar you've ever been to
1: uh um there's lay low in houston that's what i'll say okay napoleon or macarthur uh napoleon favorite sport
0: um to play yeah whatever ever watch um i'll do soccer if you could have one movie on the island what would it be um shawshank redemption if you could have one video
1: game on the island what would it be Uh, um (laughs) europa universalis (laughs) nice uh good all right can... i've like never had the time to understand it and like maybe on the island i would figure out how the hell to use those damn trade routes or I mean, whatever whatever's in the game
0: <laughs> you know you know uh and, and you can relax That that's it you're good um <laughs> what's the um the next time hearts of iron 4 goes on sale <laughs> i started i started watching a video on yeah. uh on that and it's like every time i watch those videos it's like oh yeah this makes total sense like i get this yeah. game i'm gonna go and then i like start playing and it's like you know terrible yeah i tried. have
1: you ever tried those um those like really crazy computer war games you know what i'm talking about like the war in the east that kind of stuff
0: no but someone did just post one like as we were recording and right before we started uh a new flashpoint game and it looks pretty cool. So I I, I did buy,
1: I have war in the Pacific. um, And like that one is one where like I opened it and I don't think there's like much tutorial or anything. And like you open it and it's like, there's all these like transports with like 400 people and 80 barrels of oil or whatever, like traveling around the Pacific. And like, I've opened it and it's like, I like hook around a little bit and I'm like, Oh my God, like this is never going to happen for me. Like if I can't handle EU4, like war in the Pacific is never going to happen. But my brother, uh, have you ever played like any of those Paradox games, like EU4 or, or um, what's the? I can't remember the one that just came out where it's like you have like a dynasty in Europe.
0: Yeah, um, um, I've I've done the the recent um the King one. Um, I can't remember the name of it. Yeah, it's Key uh, Crusader, Crusader Kings Three. This that's it. Okay, okay, that's what I
1: thought, and then I was like, that's that can't be it. But yeah, like those I my brother played a lot of EU um, and like, it's, it's a lot of fun, like talking to him about it and like watching him do stuff. But like, I just have never had the like brain space to invest in it myself.
0: Oh yeah. I've, there's people on my friend's team with that, that literally have thousands of hours in it. And it's just like, I, that sounds outstanding, but. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I, like, I just, yeah. It's just like where I'm at in my life. I can't, because you know, I, you, you're probably the same problem, right? Where it's like, if I want to, like, and, and, like, I actually really, that's why I enjoyed the Train Simulator, because like, I... Oh, we didn't
0: even talk about Train Simulator! Yeah, and I was I, I was going to bring it up if you didn't. Oh, <laughs> so good.
1: But, like, because I, I just, I, I never play video games, and it's like, if I'm going to, like, sit down and do it, it's like, I'll have, like, 45 minutes. And, like, if there's something where it's like, I had to think back to, like, a month ago when I spent 45 minutes on it, like, I'm, I'm screwed. Like, there's, there's no way I'm ever going to, like, do well at that, but, like, Train simulator, it's like, you know, whatever, awesome. Shit at work, shit at home, whatever. Sit down. It's like up. Oh, there's that automatic brake Like, <laughs> yes, I yes. exactly.
0: <laughs> there is something so therapeutic about train simulator and even and my wife has gotten into it too. American Truck Simulator. I uh-huh. I like train simulator way more and it's way yeah. more it's a different experience. American Truck Simulator feels more like a game. Uh-huh. Um but yes it's and it it's also like there you don't have to spend the 45 minutes just to learn something not alone yeah. recall it each time you're just and going they've through got all those
1: routes possible. where it's like how much time do i have like i bet i've got 90 minutes like boop, yeah. Like,
0: well you know now they have a save feature so we're in uh, the modern era so i could try one of those lot
1: but like i don't want to save it i don't want to pick it up later like i just yeah. want to like go in there it's like i i i I used to wash my car a lot and it's like the same problem with like that, where it's like, there's a lot of like problems at work where it's like, I can't solve it today or like, it's going to take a long time. And it's like, there's something to like sitting down. It's like, Oh no, these freight cars are here and they need to be over there. 30 minutes later, I solved that problem. Like done.
0: Oh yeah.
1: I feel pretty good about that.
0: Yeah. So we're talking about train sim world three and there's, (laughs) there's all kinds of different train simulators out there. I like train sim world three because it looks great and it's not, the most in-depth simulator like it still feels yeah. like a simulator and that's it but like
1: with the freight i so i did try a couple of the it's just like different modules right and different locomotives and stuff and i tried some of the passenger ones and they're like a little too easy yes you know? like yeah you're kind of like oh like i want to go 300 miles an hour and it's like okay i got you um whereas like the the freight one like there's a little bit of skill right like it's not super hard but like you know it's you, you kind of gotta get a feel for the brakes and how to apply them and like if you overshoot it you're screwed because you got to like back all the way back off and and so like i, I kind of like that one where it's like there's a little skill but it like you said it's not like i'm toggling 18 levers with this crappy like mass right. interface right like there's not a ton of inputs to it but like there is still enough like thinking to kind of feel good about yourself when you're done
0: Yes. I, uh, a thousand percent. Like I, I like the idea of the passenger rails, like, oh stopping and, you know, making yeah. the time stop and all that stuff, but then it's all electric. So as long as you don't speed, you, you know, it, it's not that big a deal, <laughs> but like there, you do get in these and like, I ham it up a little bit cause I'm streaming and, and stuff, but yeah. really it is like stressful because until you really yeah. know the game, I have no idea how much brake I need to be riding right right and there's no going back like if you yeah. if you mess it up you know
1: well or like like the most the most emasculating experience is like when you're going uphill and you break a little bit <laughs> and then the train like stalls out and you just like can't go again and it's like <laughs> like all like you just imagine what that would feel like in real life like you've got to go, <laughs> you gotta go oh my god like i'm never gonna hear the end of it like nine months of being on the radio with these douchebags, and they're never gonna let me hear the end of like <laughs> time, I, time i was next to this freeway in san Bernardino, and i just stalled out and was stuck there for like 20 minutes trying to get my train going again in the rain
0: you over you overshoot your stop by like 700 yeah. feet and it's like, <laughs> ha- like it's too far where you don't get a bad score and you like <laughs> then have to put the whole train in reverse but like yeah. usually then you're in a populated <laughs> area so it's just like look at this clown <laughs> yeah oh man yeah i can't believe I, the didn't think times I did did
1: it I was like oh I'm fine I'm fine I'm fine but then you like smashed the brake on full I'm like you just keep going <laughs> <It's like>, oh.
0: <laughs> did, did, did you see um I don't know if you didn't catch it it's obviously no big deal I bought the West I bought the Virginia stuff it's awesome uh-huh. oh nice, nice and the first time I played it I was like trying to do the same thing and then my engine like blew up. Like, it increased to, like, an insane amount of RPMs, and then just, like, died on me, and I was like, it it did it at the beginning of the route, so I think I, like, damaged my engine or something. And then when I was trying to brake, I was like, oh boy, I'm going too fast. I, like, I start throwing everything on on the levers, and then all of a sudden, the RPMs skyrocket, and the whole train just, like, dies. And I'm, like, right by the stop, and it's like, I have to go through the whole start process, restart, like, the emergency braking stuff, because if you emergency brake, you can't just, like, start moving again, like, there's safety things, and so I'm, like, oh gosh obviously
1: it, you shouldn't have done whatever just happened right like, right yeah i've made the train <laughs> very tell mad. the train eight different ways that you're sure you want to do what you're doing like
0: oh, man, <laughs> I, want to play tri- I want to go put on my overalls and play
1: some train It's early. so good it's so good and i actually uh there were a few times so i have a. so my setup at home is um i have an office upstairs and i have like a i have a really shitty personal laptop um so I I could not play Trains in World Three on it, um, and then we have a family computer downstairs. So I tried the I can't remember what it's called, but Steam has that feature where you can like stream from one computer to another, you know. Mm-hmm. And I've done that a couple times, and it it works pretty well. Like like I don't know how it would work for like a, a shooter game or something, but for for Trains in World, it's totally fine. And like there have been a couple times where it's like I have kind of a slow day at work, and it's like well, maybe on the side, you know, just <laughs> just run a little route. And like it's. it's it's so good,
0: I love it. You're on a conference call and then like beads of sweat <laughs> or, or pop over your forehead because you just like <coughs> you just got over needed. the
1: uh, Sorry, guys, uh, my kid just walked in. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, and what's crazy is like, you know, Cajon Pass. If if you're doing like a big chunk of it, is like you go uphill and you go downhill. Like you know what it's gonna do. Yeah, yeah. but even then, it's still just like I don't know. To me, it's still like intense and like when i yeah and i and i don't
1: really like look at the details you know of like the route but like you know doing the same thing even with like different conditions or like a different size of train you know like it plays out differently and like it is kind of like fun um i've done some of the where it's like you're just getting started and you like have to like go pick up the the train and everything um and really, like just driving the locomotive around, it's like a very liberating feeling. Where it's like, God, this thing is so badass! Like, just <laughs> yes, without the train hooked up to it, and you're like, wow, this is like a pretty impressive piece of machinery.
0: Or there's one scenario where you you're driving one direction, and you have two locomotives, and they're facing huh. opposite directions. And like, you pick up your freight. And the first time I played, I thought like I had to reverse it the whole time, and then like I went back, and it's like, no, I'm tr- I need to transition power from. The locomotive I was just driving to the one facing the other yeah, way. Like going yeah. oh, cold starting the diesels. Uh-huh. So good. I love so it. Good. Every time I wish oh, that's how every situation started yeah, yeah. is a cold
1: start. You gotta get up and go to that little panel in the back <sighs> and open it up. I love it. Yeah. it's so, Just that little like you said, like I, I, it's the perfect amount of detail where it's like, I really don't need more. Like like I don't wanna have to like buy a book on like operating a diesel locomotive to play the game. But, like, I also want every one of the switches that's in there to still be there. Yes. And there's that, like, I don't know. There's, there's that phone thing, right? Like, where you can call the signal guy. Yep. And I don't think I've ever gotten anything back besides, like, please, like, look at the signals. Or, like, whatever the default Right, yeah. Follow is. the signals. But like, but it's like, you know, every route. I'm going to call him up and just, you know, just check in. <laughs> Man. freaking love that game. Dude, it's Throw so those wipers on, you know, maybe they're a little fast, and back them off.
0: Put your heater on, makes no difference in gameplay, no matter what. But you know what, it's cold outside, you need that heater on.
1: There's the um, the one where there's like the forest fire going. Oh, such a um, good, yes. So I was playing that one one time, and I, I was like, I showed my son, like, I was like, look, you can open the window, you can do all the stuff, and I was like driving. And then we got into the smoke, he's like, should you be closing your window? <laughs> It's like, hell yeah. Yes, Love, Love that energy right now. <laughs> like, yeah, we should close our window. Because like, God forbid our avatar, you know, like, inhale too much smoke.
0: Have you uh, have you done snow and, like, had to throw down sand to permit slipping yet?
1: No, no. Oh, I yeah. Gotta try that. I got to try that. Is that in the Virginia one?
0: Well, you can. I think you. Oh, you yeah, can make
1: it snow in. Yeah, yeah. And come I think. I assume so. Nice. nice. I'll check it out. So I actually bought. Um. There was like a Humble Bundle. Did Uh you get
0: that? It was like a
1: few months ago. Yeah. And it had like 10 things in it. And I like painstakingly downloaded them all on Steam, but I haven't actually tried any of them yet. But I really need to.
0: And that has the most recent version of Train Simulator made by the same company. And it's it's not necessarily more advanced, but it does have way longer routes, which is cool. Because there's Uh, so much world detail in Train Simulator 3 that they keep the routes kind of small. And you can do like some crazy runs and uh, there's way more support for it. Cause it's like everything that's ever been made for that game can like go into the new one.
1: Oh, gotcha. Gotcha.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. I'll have to try it. I I downloaded them all, but I just have
0: a chance to actually open There's, there's one called like, I'm sure we'll have some slow time at work and I can, I can bust out some rats. Sim 8 or something like that. No, that can't be the name of it, but you, you can like, it's, the detail is insane. Like you're naming, you're customizing which cars you're picking up and stuff, but you can play multiplayer. Oh, nice. And I think, I think people can play as like signal operators or manage timetables. I think, I I don't know. I haven't looked into it that much.
1: I could do it. And I could tell you follow the signals. Every
0: time. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm actually looking for vaults. Just follow the signals. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, oh man! Uh, but, oh, man. What a but, so example. instead of that, that here I stand game that I can't do, that's what you really need to organize It's like that. Four player all day train sound.
0: <laughs> that's right. We just need two others. You know, we work on it.
1: Yeah, yeah. I'll be somebody can be the guy, just sort of standing in the yard watching the trains leave, <laughs> just like a of holding a lantern.
0: <laughs> I love this game. awesome. And Paul, thank you so much for uh giving up your evening. Uh sitting down and chatting.
1: Thank you for inviting me on the island. It was a it was a real pleasure. I hope I hope people really enjoyed that train content at the
0: end. Oh, you know they did. Uh, Happy holidays to anyone that has made it this far through the (laughs) Chain Tim World Talk. Uh thanks for listening. And uh we'll be back.
1: All right. Thanks, Matt.